Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Patrick Bear here, and we are back, back, back again. It is the month of February of the year 2023, and I am joined by my co-hosts, all three of us now in different states. We've got <laughs> Eric coming to you from the Sunshine State of Florida. Hello. And then we've got BJ making his way, his first recording from his new residence back in Georgiana. What's up? Georgia. What's up? Oh God! All right, <laughs> let's not let's not get copyright claimed in the middle of a, in the middle of this. <laughs> well, we are back. Um, <laughs> we almost did this without BJ because three of us were in the same room for the first time together for the first time in years uh, this past weekend when uh, we're recording on a on a. Very gross Wednesday night here in Chicago, but this past weekend, uh, Eric and Brian were in Illinoisa, and uh, I almost threw the my my phone on the table and said, "Let's hit record and do it like the old school days <laughs> when we'd record at the Parliament House." <laughs> y'all should y'all should have done like a like a, li- a, fl- a flame on live for the first time in like forever, just like a quickie I live know. recording. Yep. Quickies are always a good thing in our book, but um, you know, I was busy being bitter that Brian beat me out for the damn fifty-fifty money. So I said, okay. <laughs> uh, "There was a a curling tournament here in uh, in Chicago, or I won't even say Chicago because, goddamn y'all, you were like, yeah, we're coming to Chicago for curling. That shit was forty-five minutes outside of the city." <laughs> At the uh, the in, at the it, windy city, it was in Chicago park. land. <laughs> Bitch, I don't even think that counts. I don't even think that's part of Chicago land. Chicago land's two hundred and some odd square miles. I still don't think that was inside of Chicago land. <laughs> but uh, the drag effect bond spiel was this past weekend, and a uh, big shout out to uh, Eric was the guy that co- uh, coordinated it. Correct? Yes. 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 Uh, um, I don't know much about him or about the event, but I did go and visit a little bit on Saturday 
you all seem to be enjoying yourselves and uh, having a, a jolly old time at the the club. So um, it was nice to have y'all in uh, my new state. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, is it? I mean, is it new at this point? How long have you been there? Almost three years. Oh my god! I know, right? Uh, what are we? It's almost the end of February. March. Oh God! Like a month, just a little over a month. A month and five weeks from now, I'll hit my uh, my three year anniversary here in Chicago. Oh Lord, time flies! Wow, <laughs> time flies when there's a global pandemic. <laughs> time flies when you're stuck at home doing absolutely enough fuck all. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are here to uh, chit and chat about uh life and things and uh maybe some pop culture uh things that may or may not be uh recent i feel like this is a a weird time of the year for pop culture because you're coming off of like a lot of television shows are coming off of their winter hiatus you've got your mid-season replacement starting uh it's not a huge time for film because obviously the the you have your holiday rush and then you have your the beginning of the year just isn't really you know you're gearing up for a lot of your awards the Grammys um, you know the uh, the Oscars are coming up so this is kind of a time where it's a little bit quieter um, or you're like me and you just either watch things and forget about them or you just watch <laughs> YouTube videos all the time I don't know. Yeah. For, well, no. So what's normally this is the time of the year where nobody wants to release movies because they always get terrible reviews. It's it's, you know, and it, this year is it's an outlier because like this year we had Megan dropped in January um, and it was like a big hit and everybody loved that. And then you've got a Marvel movie coming out in February. And I really think March is actually the time they usually release a Marvel movie. So it's uh it's picking up. It's it, it's it's quickly morphing into a, a time where people are like, you know what? We should release a movie. We should release an album or a TV show because there's a handful of shows that released in January, but like nothing nothing super major, at least for me. But uh, it's it's definitely changing because I remember when anything came out in January, you went to the movies to hate watch it. One hundred percent, you went like all of those really bad like not another teen movie superhero movie like all the the movie movies all of those i think dropped normally around january or february because it was just the time to release like irreverent comedies but now it's kind of spread out uh, because covid disrupted everything i was going to say like for a second to be like wait no there was a movie that i'm pretty sure came out right around valentine's day uh, uh, at this point w- more than a few years ago I was like, that I did not go to hate watch. And then you said a reverent comedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's Happy Death Day. So, <laughs> exactly. No, that, that, that does fit in there. I but, did not go to hate watch it, though. <laughs> but I want to say Happy Death Day was was part of the turnaround. Because I remember going to see Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you and all and those. And being complete, like, freaky, I think, came out on a February. Like, all the, like it was, that was the same director. All those came out kind of early in the year when you would expect movies to be terrible. And those movies were really good. They were actually really entertaining and fun. So I'll 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 posit this, though, to to your point. They're not exactly cinema masterpieces. No, 
they're they're fun movies and, and happy that they definitely a, a higher echelon than happy that they to you um in my opinion in my humble opinion i i think that the first definitely was better than the second but even even now with uh and at this point when we're recording ant-man and the wasp quantumania has come out i haven't run to go see it yet you know i had gotten back into that feeling of okay Everything is like, I I need to go see these things right away. I I don't want to get spoiled. I don't want all of this. I have yet to go see the movie. I like, there was a part of me that was like, oh, well, maybe when, uh, you know, when when Eric's in town, I'll be like, let's go see this movie. But I mean, stuff was going on. And it's a time of year where I just don't feel compelled. The January, February slog of it's super dark, super early, and less so in Florida because I forgot about going back to visit last February. I realized, oh shit, you got you guys still get light until later in the day than you know than than we Chris. do now in Illinois. But you Chris. know, it's thankfully not dark at three thirty in the afternoon anymore. <laughs> it's getting lighter later now. Um, but I don't feel I don't feel like I need to rush to do a lot of things right now. And maybe it's just because it is the season. You know, the holidays, there's the hustle and bustle. So if something comes out, I'm like, oh, okay. There's kind of an energy around it. January and February, like, yeah, you'll get your your sleeper hits like Megan. You'll have something fun like Happy Death Day as like a Valentine's Day, quote unquote, you know, type of thing. But I think Marvel might even might look at this and go, maybe February is not our ideal time uh, to put out a movie. And I mean, the <laughs> critics reviews for Quantumania have not been anything to write home about and probably something that they would want to steer away from where the, the, the moviegoers, the actual like fan reviews are much more positive. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. This is just a long conversation to really kind of make it seem like my lack of a in, an in-depth topic is planned. So <laughs> thank you all for indulging that conversation. Because <laughs> uh, before we, you know, this is for, for the listening audience. Before we record, we always have a, a little conversation in our group chat and say, okay, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I, I literally was just like, normally, I, I sit back and I let everybody pick, and then I yell at BJ for taking my topic. With, uh, <laughs> see, and, and, and I waited, thing. I waited till like six o'clock today, expecting somebody to say something, and I, <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Because I'm not going to be told I'm stealing things because nobody's making a decision. So. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about today? Because <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, we have not discussed what we're going to talk about on this episode. And yeah, I, I was just like, I ha- I've been I've watched things. I'm catching up on things. So I'll have a little smorgasbord, most likely uh, just hitting on a couple of topics. Did, but, did you even uh, watch? Like any, did you even watch any of the? Um commercials or trailers that launched during the super bowl <laughs> i watched the guardians trailer okay i finally watched the guardians trailer just because i wanted to see warlock in action that was really the only reason that, that i, I that is. they didn't randomly was, pull warlock from the new mutants 
Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> Self friend Doug. No, I don't. I was like, I don't know what what else to go with from. War- I just know Self friend. Not I. I knew Warlock, but you know, I, I just didn't know where to go with that. Yes, Adam Warlock with the, with something on his forehead that is not the Soul Stone. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see what what the deal is there. But yes, so we are going to talk uh, about some topics here. So why don't we go ahead and jump in, BJ, from your new abode? Why don't you tell us what your topic is on this lovely day? Well, actually, this works out perfectly because my first topic has to do somewhat with Black History Month. Um, uh, At the beginning of February, a little show dropped, I believe I want to say as of this recording, probably three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, Disney dropped uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur on uh, not only the Disney Channel, they aired the first episode, but they actually dropped the whole season up on Disney+. And uh, for those of you that don't know... um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is actually a Marvel comic series about an inhuman girl, um, Lunella, who, um, who she's actually canonically, she's the smartest person in the Marvel universe. Uh, she's inhuman. Uh, she has complete control of her own biology and, uh, she has a pet Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, cause she mastered time travel. And found a dinosaur and keeps him as a pet. So, so she Disney, is smarter than Riri. Then she actually she is she is smarter than Riri. Um, actually, and I think it was the Miss America comic, um, the Amer- the American Chavez comic. She actually has like a pan dimensional like HBCU, and <laughs> one of her classes is like the responsible use of time travel. Um, and what is it? Riri is in like like she runs the school riri is like a i think she's getting her phd in like mechanical engineering and prodigy's there uh america's there because she's doing like pan-dimensional studies but the dean of the entire school is lunella so um it's it's the animation is absolutely out of this world i love the animation style it's beyond cute it's super vibrant and colorful and they even launched a character meet and greet in disneyland um i believe uh i think it was this past weekend so like a week after the show launched they have lunella running around um doing a meet and greets and everything and yeah, it's it's. I never read the comic. I only I only encountered Lunella in my comic reading like randomly. Uh, she I know she popped up in a couple of Inhuman books. I know she popped up uh, Miss America. Um, I th- I think there was there was like a comic where she runs into the X Men and the X Men are just kind of like, yeah, we're not going to get involved with you. Have fun. Uh, like nobody wants to really bother her. Um, I would love to see a comic. Uh, with her and all of the other kid geniuses, uh, who was uh, who's Reed Richards? Uh, what is his daughter's name? His daughter, who's also like one of the Valeria. Like, Valeria. I would love to see her and Valeria interact more. Um, I would love to see her re- interact with all of the like. Um, uh, what is that? Um, the Illuminati? No, no, not the Illuminati. Um, it's the other. It's the boy genius. He's like a. They've canonically grown him up now. He's like seventeen. Uh, he was a friend of the Hulk's. Uh, he became Amadeus. a Hulk. Oh. Amadeus. Yeah, Amadeus. I would love to see yeah. her interact with Amadeus. Um, 
But the show overall, it's somewhat self-contained, but it does exist within um, the uh, Marvel Universe because at one point um, her family's skating rink's about to get shut down and she's like, we need to call the Avengers or something. And somebody's like, do they even come below 5th Street? Um, so it's it's really cute. And the use of music is like, beautiful because there's been a clip going around where she's fighting um this one uh, gravity-based villain and her mom gave her a cassette tape player because her mom's a dj and half the episode she's like i don't know what this thing is um and then finally she realizes it's a cassette tape player so whenever she goes into battle she actually plays like a track and episode one, it's the opening to the show, which is a fucking bop. Um, I believe uh, I may have already posted it up on the Facebook page, but I'm going to post it again because I can't stop listening to it. I have a problem. Um, and then Ma'am, hold on. I need I need to back up for a second. Her mom is a DJ and she gave her a cassette deck. Mm-hmm. Baby boy, what not everybody DJ got, was she? Not everybody got money. She's a DJ that gets whatever she can do. But she has she has a Damn. whole turntable set. She has, she has a whole turntable set, but she gave her daughter her first cassette cassette tape player. She probably still makes mixtapes. She does Aww. for her daughter. She makes mixtapes. And and the thing is her daughter plays so Lunella Lunella plays them before she goes into battle, and one of the songs was a childish Gambino track, which first of all, I'm like What's this child doing listening to Childish Gambino? She's 13 years old. She don't need to be listening to this. And second of all, everybody lost their, everybody kind of lost their shit on Twitter because they were like, Disney let this happen? I mean, it's censored, but at the same time, it's, it's uh, comparing the, the full track to this track. I don't know who they got to do the music editing for it, but it is, it's pretty seamless. Um, So I'll post that on the Facebook page as well. But the voice cast is, absolutely ridiculous um you've got diamond white who is the voice of lunella uh she was mostly in um soap operas uh she was on american dad uh she's but yeah she's mostly been in nothing but soap operas and like she was uh had some like non-recurring roles in a whole bunch of stuff like girl meets world phineas and ferb um so she's definitely within the disney wheelhouse and i think and she sings the opening song so they they definitely knocked it out of the park and then um her mom is alfrey woodward and i'm like what yeah yeah i'm like i don't i just i I literally just looked this up so i was completely floored about that um Gary Anthony Williams plays her grandfather. Lawrence Fishburne plays like the uh, like the the backstory man is what is what he's called. Um, yeah, Craig Robinson plays uh, the principal of the school. It's yeah, it's 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 crazy. And then you've got Fred Tat. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this name. I always butcher the Italian names. Tataschiori, Fred Tataschiori, who has been in every animated thing for the past decade i mean scooby-doo movies batman animated movies um he did a couple of sonic uh series he was an injustice as captain adam um 
he he played what was one that I saw that I he was in over he's in Overwatch as uh, Soldier seventy six. He plays Devil Dinosaur. This man is making grown dinosaur noises, but he's he played Alfred in the Teen Titans Go movie. Uh, ab- absurd. the The amount of the Cuphead show as Santa Claus, like I, he's in Lower Decks as Shacks. Like it's absurd the the people they got to do the show. Um, say, you are you are sleeping on some of like some of the big names. Allison Brie is in there. Colby Smulders is uh, Maria Hill in this show. Have we come? What, have you? I don't even think I where. I'm I'm looking up the the cast of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Got Diamond White, Libby Bearer, Lawrence Fishburne, Maya Hawk, Nepo Baby, Alfred Woodard, Allison Brie, Jay Hud, Jennifer Hudson's in the show. Oh, you're oh you're looking. I see. I I'm just I'm just on top cast. I didn't go through the entirety. Oh yeah, my I god! I look at the bottom cast. Okay, stop having bottom erasure. <laughs> Method Man. Method oh, yeah. Man is in this show. I knew Method Man was in the show. Yeah. David Diggs, India Moore. Yeah. Like it's a, it's insane. Yeah. It is absolutely yeah. insane the cast power they have for this show, and I felt like they advertised it okay, but they definitely I feel like they should have advertised it a little bit better because the show is stacked and it, and and it's it's fantastic it's fantastic. I'm ho- they, I think it got renewed. It got renewed for either one or two more seasons, and everybody's hoping they have like Miles pop up. Um, and a couple of other Marvel characters pop up, but the whole show, it's super cute and really, really relatable. Um, yeah, absolutely gorgeous, uh, animations. I like, I can't tell you how much I love the animation style. Um, but seriously, if any of you have not seen this show, I will post all of the, I will post my favorite musical moments from, from the show. Um, and I will definitely post the opening, uh, as well as the, probably the Spotify link, because the moment I found out there was a Spotify link for the the full track for the opening, I I may have put that sucker on a repeat uh, throughout my entire entire move. So uh, definitely, Devil Dinosaur, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur. Please, please, please go watch it, either on Disney Plus or the Disney Channel. Any 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 which way you want to watch it, please. It's so good. I. And probably the wrong person to speak on how well it was advertised. But to be completely honest, I had no clue about the show until you put it in the chat today. I had no idea that this thing was in existence. I mean, again, it just, may it not be the right like person. <laughs> <laughs> may not be the right person to talk about how well it was advertised. But I usually like I usually see shit about like new shows, especially Marvel shows. Like my feed is my 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 social feeds are usually Marvel now wrestling because somehow I've uh, after like twenty years of not watching wrestling I've started watching wrestling YouTube channels and that has led into a shit ton of wrestling stuff in my feeds and um, depending on which platform it is naked hairy men so oh and and some drag sprinkled in for for good measure. Um, but yeah, I I didn't know the logo is adorable. The what you you know what I've seen so far and what you've talked about sounds uh, entertaining. I've never read uh, 
the comics either, but I remember seeing them. I remember kind of like the buzz that was around them when they came out with her being an inhuman. Is she, do they mention if she's inhuman? No, I haven't, I haven't seen any, any touch on the inhuman stuff because right now, so Marvel, Marvel has this nasty habit of like, like when the Inhuman, when when the movies only had the rights, or the MCU only had the rights for the Inhumans, you notice they scaled back the X Men comics, and the X Men just had a terrible life in general. Um, and they pushed so more the last Inhumans. 60 years. Yeah, so they and then they pushed the they pushed the Inhumans comics, and then when the show didn't do well and and everything didn't really take off with them, they scaled back the Inhuman comics significantly. And like took the, I think they took three Inhuman characters that people liked, which was like uh, Miss Marvel, Moon Girl, and I'm I know there's like a third one floating around in there. I think Quake was like featured on and off in like uh, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Spider Man a couple times. She popped up just in the background constantly. Um, and now they're kind of since they have plans to bring the X-Men back in into the to into the MCU now they're scaling back the inhuman stuff so as of right now she's just a genius a genius girl um 13 year old oh. genius so which is yeah fine yes and no to to that because death of the inhumans was a number of years ago and that was kind of in part to the backlash to the television show yeah and kind of the popularity they hadn't i don't think they had secured the rights back to the x-men yet i don't think the the deal with fox had gone through at that point but they started scaling the inhumans back at that point because you're right when it it's it's a very weird teeter-totter because Mm -hmm. in 2000 when x-men came out marvel didn't own the rights to to them or the films but they really focus heavily on them that's when you had the grant morrison run uh you had new x-men like that was a whole big thing and then he went into joss whedon's uh x-men run in 2004 if i'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken um so there was a big focus on that but that was before the mcu and then it was like okay we can make money making our own properties and putting them out and getting this so then they scaled back for sure and did have that focus on the Inhumans, but that didn't really go over well with the fans because the Inhumans uh, are not a, a good substitute, especially when the the climate in the world of where you have a ruling class that uh, denigrates and subjugates the the, the lower undesirables. Mm-hmm. May not be the po- the property that you want to push in, in this climate. Yeah. So then, so to your point, Marvel has this habit of um to now that Eric has kind of put "How I Met Your Mother" kind of back into my head for a minute. Uh, the overcorrection, where it's like, yeah. hey, this didn't work. We're going to do Death of the Inhumans, and they essentially they killed the Inhumans after essentially just creating a ton of new Inhumans and now Black Bolt and Medusa and all of them are kind of back to being hidden and not as like everybody kind of thinks they're gone. Um, So it'll be interesting to see because they did retcon a lot of stuff. And I know that I think we talked about it when we talked to Ms. Marvel, the TV show that Ms. Marvel was originally 
uh, conceived as a mutant, but she was conceived at a time where the X-Men push was uh, reduced. So they didn't want to have her out there as a mutant. They they said, okay, we'll change her to an inhuman. And now you have this resurgence of the show. You have Ms. Marvel. You have all these plans. Now you've introduced mutation, blah, 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 all of this. But then you have Spider-Man. Or not, mm-hmm. Sorry, not Spider-Man. Doctor Strange. Or, yeah. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. Because then you go to this other world and now you have Blackagar Boltagon. Uh being his hot self over on this other world and it's like well what is he how are we gonna do this am i gonna get my giant bulldog back these are questions i have (laughs) for marvel right now in the mcu because it all really boils down to do i get my giant teleporting bulldog back because i need to know like mark anthony i need to know anyway (laughs) Again, another long tangent that I will not want to listen to in edit. <laughs> <laughs> but you all will get because I'm not taking it out. So uh, overall, what do you uh, what do you rate uh, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur so far? Uh, honestly, I would probably give this uh, out of five. I'd probably give this a four point eight. Um, it's just so cute, and it's. You know, they've they've ended a lot of the really good uh, Disney animated Disney shows, Gravity Falls, The New DuckTales, um, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, uh, Owl House will be having its uh, final episode coming up here in the next couple months. So it's it's kind of it's kind of nice for them to put out something else that kind of has a a really a really nice vibe, a really good vibe, very pro black. so very diverse. So I'm very, very excited to see uh, how far this show goes. And Eric, I'm so I completely steamrolled over you. If, if there was anything, did you have anything you wanted to add to the, to the Moon Girl conversation? No, no okay. nothing that you didn't ask. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will. I was like, I just went from a long winded tangent. To having BJ wrap up this piece of <laughs> very quickly, very quickly, but uh, fantastic. So that is Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur airing weekly on. Um, well, no, so it's is, it's airing weekly on the Disney Channel, but it it, it is all up on Disney Plus. There we go. There we go. I don't know why I was having such trouble at that point. <laughs> trying to, I was like Disney. Because it says Disney Channel on the thing. I For some reason, I was having a, a very bad mental block. But yes, uh, Saturday mornings on uh, on Disney Channel. And then Disney Plus has the whole season. So go check it out. I will have to put that on my list of things to watch. All right, dear listeners. We thank you so much for joining us for another installment of Flame On. We hope that you're enjoying this and all of the other content that we put out for you. If you would like to help support our podcast, you can go check out our website at flameonshow.com. From there, you can check out all of our uh, social media. You can check out our video interviews. You can check out our uh, non-active Twitch accounts and follow us for that day when you will see a little icon pop up that says, one of us is now streaming live, which may be a while, but still, there's a chance. Um, and you can also check out our, uh, our our swag shop, our T-Fury shop, where Brian was actually wearing his, he was rocking his Flame On shirt to Barioki this past Sunday. 
and uh, I have worn mine out and about. Uh, and you can be like Jamie. I swear I'm going to make that shirt just for him, uh, just that way he can he can see it in the shop. Nobody would buy it, but I would love to make it just to uh, to make that joke a whole like just come full circle and make it a, a thing. But you can do all of that at blameonshow.com. And there's also a link to our Patreon if you would like to help support us financially. And that way you can subscribe at any of the four tiers that we have and, uh, you know, get some additional perks and some bonuses from our show. So that is flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Let's go to our next topic. Eric, what you got for us? So in honor of the Oscars coming up in a couple weeks, um, I decided to watch at least one of the Best Picture nominees, uh, which I am now at 30% uh, having watched my third out of the 10 nominees. Um, I'd previously watched Top Gun Maverick and Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I saw Tar, which is considered a psychological drama starring Kate uh, Blanchett as a world-renowned female conductor who kind of descends into madness. Um, in some ways, I compare it a little to Black Swan but it's not quite as psychological. A lot of it is just her own ego getting in the way. And there's kind of a little bit of me too happening on her side, um, where she um, is a co-founder to a foundation that supports aspiring female conductors so she takes a number of interns and she takes a number of female interns. Um, yeah, she she's calls herself at one point in the movie a U-Haul lesbian. <laughs> so um, not to like bringing those stereotypes back. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. There's a discussion at one point about um her feelings on respecting the art versus the artist, which is kind of relevant uh, in this landscape, 
of current times, being that so many people are arguing up and down all about Hogwarts legacy all over the place. I was going to say, did Joanne and... write this movie? <laughs> she did not. Um... <laughs> did she bankroll it? Is she, is she executive producer? <laughs> as far as I know, she is getting a, a no coin from this movie. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, yeah, but... I love everything that Kate Blanchett does in this movie. I feel that the movie itself is kind of small and quiet in everything that isn't her performance, which is which it's just a character study in that. Yeah. Um, But it's a do lot you, of fun. The way. I was gonna say, do you feel like it is worthy of being an Oscar contender? I feel for sure that her performance is Oscar worthy. Um, the movie itself is really good and well made um, and interesting, but I just don't necessarily connect with much outside of her performance. It's just so strong. Uh, or perf- individual performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it still have? It, I, I was looking at something. Is it said that it had a one hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes score? Oh no, that's okay. It's dropped to ninety one percent. That's all really high tomato meter score. Yeah, it's really good all the way around. Um, And it's kind of fun that at the end, after she's completely ruined her reputation and basically blacklisted from all the major symphonies everywhere, um, she's reduced to um, conducting um, an orchestra in the Philippines playing the Monster Hunter soundtrack in front of the game. Kind of like those distant world concerts that go around and play like the Final Fantasy music and everything. They had a Kingdom Hearts one. They had a a Star Trek one. Yeah. Oh, I think those are awesome. (laughs) That makes me feel a little insulted. Right. My friend just went, he saw the Final Fantasy one um, here or somewhere else. And they didn't have... uh, there's one song. Was it Answer? There's a yeah, there's this woman that's yeah. yeah, yeah. So in St. Louis this past weekend, the the concert was there and she was there, and he was like, I don't know. He's like, I feel weird because I just saw the show, like go in and seen it again, but I didn't get to see her sing this. I was like, <laughs> if you have the if you have the means, and he has friends in in St. Louis, I was like, go crash on their couch, go see the show because you know you're gonna be mad that you didn't go see it. But yeah. So how like so Monster Hunter like is it name dropped as Monster Hunter or is it just like alluded to no. that it's something in that vein? Um, well, I mean, I didn't personally recognize it. I've never played Monster Hunter. Um, okay. I just thought it was a fun anime thing happening because um, everyone in the audience was dressed up in various cosplay, um, <laughs> and so I thought it was just an anime concert. Uh, but yeah, it was 
She crashed and burned pretty hard. Uh, it's hysterical. I love that. That's how like they they distinguish your fall from grace is you go from one one uh, one symphony away from being world renowned to orchestra, you know, conducting an orchestra for an anime concert in the Philippines. That feels, it feels so tone deaf though, because like <laughs> my thing is I'm like, I know people who are, are in like, or big orchestras and like major orchestras will do recordings for video game work and stuff like that. Sure. So, yeah. Like, I don't know. It, but, but like, no, I, I get what they're saying though. Like she, she went from being like a major name to doing orchestras and like a smaller setting. It just so feels yeah, because, because I feel it, like I'm in, getting in a the, backhand emba- embarrassment or something. In, second in, embarrassment. In the world of this movie, she's an EGOT winner. Yeah. So it'd be like John Williams coming and just conducting um, the kingdom hearts concert in front of the Orlando Philharmonic. Monica. I would love that. I would absolutely love it. <laughs> I, not maybe, that it wouldn't. Not that it wouldn't be amazing. I just feel that's a little below his station. <laughs> I, I don't. That it's like you. entertaining entertaining nerds like me are below his station. Like, <laughs> then she deserves it. She deserves everything that she's getting. <laughs> Oh, um, maybe maybe it's less about conducting a, a symphony to an anime and more that it's the Philippines. I don't know. Like any which way you go, you could be offending some part of culture. I don't, I don't right? know. Well, whoever, I don't know. Maybe, whoever feels like being maybe Jiggly Caliente was there in the, the audience <laughs> judging her with the, with the little rhinestone on the tip of her nose. I don't know. Of course. Or or Mama Pal was there to to hit her with the nits and the picks and kick her in the mud. I don't know. Whatever that whole long uh uh thing was that she would say before the lip sync. Oh man. Somebody out there I'm sure has it memorized. Uh so uh BJ, have, did you see Tar? I know I haven't. I have not. Okay. <laughs> so it's a good watch. <laughs> it's it's now for streaming on Peacock. Peacock, cock, cock. You're peacock, cock. My my Uh, contribution is just random non-sequiturs and sounds. Settle (laughs) down there, Katy Perry. Get back to American Idol. (laughs) Will do. In the Philippines. (laughs) Gotta go by. (laughs) So what would you give give this movie on the flame rating scale? I would give it a four. Four flames. Um, I feel like at this point with the amount of awards she has won, she's probably the lock for the Oscar, which makes me sad because I really want Michelle Yeoh to win it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But I won't be as upset now that I have seen the movie. Well, you never know. I mean, 20, if, if anything, 2020s Oscars, um showed us that they're that they these things can happen mm-hmm. and uh you know it, it's it's possible the oscars are late this year later this year yeah i feel because mm-hmm. i was like wait a minute february of 2020 um i was in atlanta with jay and it was i feel like 
just before this time of the month, and we were at Woof's uh, when Parasite, like, shocked the Oscars and, and won Best Picture and all of that. So, like, I don't, that's, I just, I just had one of those memory flashbacks. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> we're almost at the end of February and the Oscars haven't happened. When do they, are they coming up this week? Uh, March 12th. Yeah, they're in oh, March wow. this year. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They said, they said, we're going to edge you until March. <laughs> all right. Well, that is Tar. Stream it on Peacock. And uh, let us know what you think about it. So, for my topic... <laughs> you it's found a one? <laughs> no. It's a smorgasbord of... Uh, I'm going to kind of go through a couple of, of quick things that I have uh, watched, caught up on, um, have had the chance to watch. I don't know. Like The last couple of weeks have been a little weird. I haven't really had one thing to focus on. Um but I have been keeping up with a couple of things. So I don't really have one big in-depth topic to talk about, but I will touch on a couple of things, mostly reality competitions, because that's a huge part of what I I watch most of the time. Um, that and um, General Hospital. And uh, Eric said that I can't do a deep dive into the 60-year history of uh, television's longest-running soap <laughs> opera. So unfortunately... That's uh, not what I'm going to do today. Just know a couple uh, people got married in the 80s and it was a big thing. That's all you need to know about General Hospital. I mean, yes. And one of those two is still on the show <laughs> today. It is now three weeks later. And that was a, that's always my that's my my go to joke whenever it comes to it. When it's like whenever I would talk to somebody and they were like, oh, my God, I used to watch all my children back in the day also. And I'd be like, all right, well, let me catch you up. It's three weeks later. They've <laughs> finally gotten out of the room. No. So, but, um, so I enjoy, I'm not a big chef. I'm not a chefy person. I'm not an adventurous eater. Uh, for those of you who know me, know that I am not by any means or by any stretch of the imagination. But I do love me some cooking shows. And uh, I do love me some cooking competition shows. I have, um, I have now, been granted access to peacock so i was able to um catch up on the last season of top chef which was uh overall a pretty good season uh i know eric you are a top chef watcher as well um my friend in front of the pod jamie um started to do kind of was doing a pull to me and was binging top chef from the beginning all the way through uh, less seasons of that than pretty much any of the other shows that I've gone down a rabbit hole, a, a deep depressive rabbit hole and watched. But um, we, it's been fun reminiscing on those old seasons because I haven't seen them in so long. Um, you can tell that this past season was starting to feel a little bit more like uh, the before times. Still not. They still haven't broken back into like, hey, we're just going to go full out back to the way it was um but they're they're incorporating more locations they're incorporating more people they had their family come uh like towards the end of the season overall uh i for those of you who haven't watched it who, who maybe are waiting for it to come to who i'm not going to spoil anything about who won i was okay with the winner i kind of figured that person was going to be the winner of the season 
there was I one other finalist that I wanted a little bit more. Uh, but overall, I think it was a, a fairly strong season of, uh, of Top Chef. On the flip side of that, <laughs> not necessarily the flip side, because I actually did like the winner of the season. Um, Hell's Kitchen, season 21. Do either of you watch Hell's Kitchen or have watched Hell's Kitchen in the past? I've, I seen, watched... a, I've seen one or two episodes. I only watched right. the first season and oh went... It it just it rubbed me the wrong way in that it with the way Top Chef elevates food so much. Mm-hmm. The I food feel, is not the star of Hell's Kitchen at all. No, <laughs> no, not at all. But I feel I felt like at the time the prize that they gave out on the first couple seasons of Hell's Kitchen. I don't know. They still give them a restaurant at the end. Um. Yes ish yeah i mean yes it's um it's roughly the same thing like they get they get a cash prize and and their executive chef at one of gordon ramsay's uh restaurants for i think a year okay yeah because the first couple of seasons they basically said we're gonna let you run a restaurant like basically design and run a restaurant and um over on top chef they just get a hundred thousand dollars which isn't I'm, I say just $100,000, but <laughs> I don't think you can open a restaurant with just that amount of prize money. Yeah, so, not, not one that's like, I mean, you can, but like maybe like a cafe sort of restaurant, not like a a full, full like restaurant that you and I would just go to on like a Friday night or something. Yeah. So I just felt like the talent was so much higher on Top Chef but the prize was so much better on Hell's Kitchen. And I was like, you're inviting all of these culinary children. <laughs> and all you, it's, it seems like it's basically one set menu in the restaurant the entire season, or at least was at that point in time. I don't know. So this is uh, to your point on that, the it's, essentially gordon ramsay's restaurant that they're working at like that's the conceit of it so mm-hmm. when they're doing dinner services they're cooking his menu so they'll right. have and as the seasons have gone on obviously it's it's changed because then they'll do steak night at hell's kitchen they'll do yeah, um, italian night at hell's kitchen so there are all of these different things but they're not necessarily they're not essentially making their own dishes and then having to prepare them. This right. is Hell's Kitchen is more of a you could study and learn how to make those eight dishes that they have on every year and do okay on Hell's Kitchen. Yes and no because I don't it's been a long time since I watched the first season of Hell's Kitchen. Um and I'm but I think that I think it was I think this goes back to the early seasons as well. At the beginning you have to do your signature dish. Like you have to make dishes in order, like as part of, I think the, the auditioning process. Yeah. Like like, like their many challenges are more, okay, make this, make whatever. And then exactly. Those are more like the quick fire challenges on top chef. Those are more of that, Mm -hmm. that dish centric piece of it where, because the prize on hell's kitchen is, um, 
a a a spot as an executive chef as the person who is running this restaurant and now it's one of gordon ramsay's so like for the last i don't know how many seasons but it, they're not building a restaurant around this person they're going to this restaurant and they are going to take this coveted highly prestigious in the chefing world position of executive chef at this restaurant and now you are that person so the the conceit of hell's kitchen is more of an on-the-job interview type of deal a continual week after week you know type of okay you need to be able to work in a kitchen because it eventually gets down to that point when you're in that final four mode they actually take turns running the pass which is like that final step of running the kitchen so it's weird because it is definitely two different types of things where Top Chef is, hey, you have these accolades, you have done this, you have built yourself up to this. And it's not necessarily saying that these are all executive chefs. They're not all James Beard mm -hmm. Award nominees. These are, they do have some of those people, but they also have people that have made names for themselves being um, personal chefs or, or, or chef to the stars, stuff like that. But it is very much focused on their challenges are focused on what dishes can they create. Here's your challenge. Here's your ingredients. Here's here are the limitations we put on you. Make something amazing and present it to us. And we're going to judge you on that. Where Hell's Kitchen is definitely how do you work inside of a restaurant kitchen? Um, and, and how do you handle the pressure of all of that? Uh, and how many times can can Gordon Ramsay put a slice of bread on each of your ears and ask you what you are? And then you An have to idiot tell them you're sandwich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> An idiot sandwich chef. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, after 20 seasons, they finally did something that they had not done before. Because usually... It's men versus women. So they have their 20 contestants, I think it usually is. 10 men, 10 women. I know, very, uh, very uh, gender binary, very, no, uh, no allowing for any fluctuation in the middle. But what they did this time around is they did essentially young versus old. Oh, boy. And they called it Battle of the Ages. And they oh, had chefs. Chefs in their 20s. So you've got your your new up-and-coming stars. These are the people that are really just... They're in the early years of their career. Versus chefs in their 40s. So these are chefs that have been around for a while. You've got executive chefs. These are people that have been, been cooking for a long time. For the most part. I think there was one woman who had a career change. And she'd only been cooking... Uh, been a chef for like three or four years. Something relatively new. But mature wiser people at, at home can't see what i'm doing but i am doing air quotes around these words <laughs> because can i tell you it the theme was revoked after about three episodes because the older chefs could not keep their shit together and were decimated in the first couple of eliminations and it got to the point where they finally just said fuck it and they had to move people around and then i think they just went then, then they just went back to men versus women and it was just a mixed bag and i was like you y'all really shot yourselves in the fucking foot with this theme 
because the theme was on the title card. It's on the 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 damn you know all the stuff for for the show for the season, and you've eliminated it to to throw it back to a Survivor reference. This was when they did um, was it Cook Islands where it was uh, young men, young women, older men, older women, and that lasted for one episode and. <laughs> On episode two, they were like, we're going to now go to two tribes and mix it up because it was really obvious really quickly that this was a bad idea. Uh, it, it, it was definitely a season. It was definitely one that was very much they had to have been kicking themselves that they decided to do this, uh, this theme. But it was fun. It was at times entertaining. And overall, I think that the correct person won. And it was, uh, it was, it wasn't a bad season overall. And then one final uh, cooking show that I will mention that I, I have enjoyed. I did not realize was coming back for a second season. Next Level Chef. Have either of you seen any ads or seen this on uh, uh, on the, the platforms? It's on Hulu. Uh, it's another Fox cooking show. I think I may have seen like four seconds of an ad before I click skip ads on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, same. 100% the same. Okay, cool, cool. So next level chef, uh, Gordon Ramsay again. So Gordon Ramsay in Hell's Kitchen is one Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay on everything else. Okay, Gordon Ramsay on Hell's Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares is one Gordon Ramsay. Uh, Gordon Ramsay on everything else is completely different. Master Chef, for the most part, a lovely, enjoyable fellow. Uh, next level Master chef. chef kids or Master oh, yeah. Junior. Oh yeah, he, the he most loves... lovable dad ever. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I, I'm 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 not a huge fan of kids. I I can't watch that show. But I've heard that is what I've heard. Uh, I know pop culture happy hour used to like Linda. Uh, Linda used to um, just really rant and rave about how amazing, or maybe it was Steven, how amazing he was with the kids on on uh, Master Chef Junior. But this is a cooking competition game show, kind of, with uh, Gordon Ramsay, Richard Blaze, and uh, Aisha Aisha Harrington. I'm not looking it up right now, but Chef Aisha. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what they do is they split these chefs, and it is a mixture of professional chefs of home cooks of celeb like um not celebrity uh like tiktok and instagram like social mm-hmm. media chefs so a variety of like i don't want to say uh n- novice to professional but kind of all these different uh, levels and and facets of cooking and they divide them up they they pick their their teams and there are there's this giant three-story building contraption that's in, inside of this this shooting facility. Oh god. Top floor is all state of the art, gorgeous, every the best of the best, like the finest, finest restaurant that you are spending way too much money at, but all of the most amazing things. Middle level is your really good restaurant. So, you know, like just really good stuff. Nothing like you're not spending a a fortune. You don't have to sell a kidney to eat there. 
but you're getting a really good meal. The bottom kitchen is um, like the haunted mansion. <laughs> it is run down. <laughs> it is beat up. It is uh, it is not where you want to be. So there is a, a an elevator type of thing, a platform that that descends and ascends through the corner, and there's ingredients on it. They have the challenge. It starts to descend. The top level gets first pick at all of the ingredients. So they get all the they get all the best stuff. Then to the middle. Then to the bottom floor. Then based off of who has the best dish of the the that episode, that team can either rise up and and level up to the top level, or they may just stay there. The bottom two uh, dishes, depending on you know one from each of the the other two teams, they compete. And there's a blind judging on the dishes, and then one is eliminated. The team that wins the the lip sync for your life style cook off, um, they go to the middle level, and then the the team that loses their team goes to the bottom level and is down a person. It's a very weird and interesting kind of take, but having um, Gordon Ramsay with other judges is a whole different world. It's kind of that Master Chef feel where you've got these other dynamics and these other voices that play off each other really well. Um, overall, I think it's a really fun show and it, it, it shows you like how much you take for granted. If you're cooking, when you go from having top of the line to a knife that is barely able to cut through anything, you know? So, so seeing the, 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 the disparity between the, the levels is is kind of a, an interesting take on a cooking competition. And the fact that they have these tools, but they still are able to put together dishes that look really good and taste really good shows the, the level of talent that these chefs have, no matter what they're doing as far as cooking, whether it's on social media or they are, you know, a, uh, a Michelin star restaurant mm -hmm. chef. So that's a, another Fox show. It's on Hulu. That's where I watch it. I don't, uh, watch a lot of live television but there's a couple of uh food related reality shows for you and if you are so inclined check them out and uh let me know if you're watching uh, i would love to chat about them so that is uh what i'm going to be chatting about so before we get to our final things let's do our last break Thank you all so much for listening to Flame On. We hope that you're enjoying this episode and all of the other content that we put out for you. Don't forget to check out our website at flameonshow.com and check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. All right, mine friends. Let's do our one off. Mine friends. Mine friends. <laughs> mine friends. Eric, why don't you go ahead and give us your one up first? Um, so I know... I think last episode, my one up was the first three episodes of season two of Vox Machina. Uh, but my one up this month is the rest of season two of Vox Machina. Uh, because <laughs> it's that damn good and it all comes out at the same time. And yeah. Uh, so, total of 12 episodes and. Four, five, and six were really good again. Um, gosh, just did you watch the whole season, BJ? Huh, I am on like the last two episodes. Um, 
I was without my car for a really long time when I first moved up and that drama. And um, uh, my roommate is actually watching it with her husband and he uh, is trying to sell their house down in Florida. So I, every time I go to watch it, the, I, I try to watch it when she's um, gaming <laughs> with her husband. So I don't spoil it. Same as with the last of us. Um, so I'm on like the last episode. Gotcha. Um, probably one of my favorite parts of the season was in episode six when they meet the second, um, Sphinx. Yep. And Scanlan sings his song and it's just so good. It's Uh, so cute. I love, I honestly, I love that. I love, I love it when Scanlan gets moments like that. It's so cute. Um, just overall, there was so much character growth in, um, all the characters this season um and i can't wait to for season three which i know has been uh confirmed that they're doing a season three don't know when it'll happen because the first two seasons came out pretty close together so i don't know when they'll get around to the third one even though they did announce that they are making another series their second campaign the mighty nine is going to be another animated show Oh, nice. Uh, I guess to come out, they'll probably start alternating seasons, I would assume, um, as they get through it. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you finished up after I guilted you into making it your one up last month. (laughs) (laughs) All right, BJ, what is your one up? My one up is Harley Quinn's problematic valentine's day special um so they uh just they just wrapped season three of harley quinn uh, a couple of about a month or two ago and they announced they were doing a surprise valentine's day special and season three of the harley quinn series actually begins with harley and ivy officially dating as a couple uh, Harley, you know, overdoing it as in Harley fashion and Ivy and I, Ivy trying to kind of find her her place in the whole villain hierarchy, because as she states many times in the show, she is not a supervillain. She is a eco-terrorist. Um, two different things. So uh, season three kind of ends with Bat- with Bruce Wayne going to jail for tax evasion and. Um, and Harley becoming the newest member of the Bat family and actually embracing a more heroic role. Um, and Batgirl pretty much being put in charge of her uh, Nightwing and Damian Wayne Robin. Uh, so it's it's really it's really cute, but we kind of come off the heels on that onto Valentine's Day where they do all these weird couples interviews. And there's like a couples interview with... Uh, with um, Arthur, uh, Aquaman, and uh, his wife, Mira. Uh, that's really funny where she's just like, yeah, I was supposed to kill him, but, you know, I just fell in love with those beautiful eyes. She's like, now the rest of surface dwellers will eventually murder all of you. He's like, she's kidding. She's like, I am not. Um, you've got Bane who uh, accidentally gets sucked into doing um, kink uh, um kink play with this one dominatrix so they're just making fun of this one guy and he's he's just coming up with all the insults that people insult him about um and etrigan runs a magic shop where people are constantly buying sex spells so 
Bane buys a sex spell. Um, Harley buys a sex spell and uses it on uh, Ivy because she's obsessed with making sure Ivy has the best Valentine's Day ever. Um, and Ivy's orgasm causes everybody in the entire city to go like sex crazy. So, and there, there's a wonderful line where she's just like, Harley, I just, I can't deal with you doing these things. And she's like, oh, you can't get upset with me for getting you off too good. That is not a thing. <laughs> and she's like, damn it, you're right. So it's, it's, I think it's about 40 minutes long. It's on HBO Max. It is absolutely hilarious. Uh, honestly, the whole entire Harley Quinn series is hilarious from start to finish. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's up on HBO Max. Please give it a watch. It is really good. Nice. Nice. All right. So uh, two quick ones for me. First, um, Flowers, Miley Cyrus. Uh, when we were talking about things that we we're looking forward to in 2023, um, I thought the album was coming out in January. It was just the first single. Um, it is fun. It is catchy. It's an earworm. And uh, I enjoy it. If you haven't listened to Flowers, go do yourself a favor. And it has now become her longest running number one single. Um, so props to you, Miley. And uh, just don't hear, hear, hear. And hit yourself in the head with a, a sledgehammer too much. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the no, other thing. No, bad pepper. <laughs> come on, come on Q, man. All right, listen, Paprika. <laughs> Onion salt. Get, a... it, get it together. <laughs> dying, dying. Uh, uh, another quick one. Uh, a million little things has come back for its fifth and final season. Another thing I was looking forward to. I told Eric when I saw him this past weekend. My thought when I watched, I'm I'm a little behind on it, but my thought when I went to hit play on episode one of season five was. If I don't cry at some point during this, it's going to have lost its uh, its charm and its magic. And can I tell you, not five minutes into it, before the title card even hit, I was sobbing unfucking controllably They are coming out swinging in this final season. So impactful. So powerful. Uh, for people my age... Whether no matter where you fall in the spectrum, uh, sexuality, gender, any of that, if you are in your late 30s, early 40s, please watch the show. Go and watch the show. It hits on so many topics and so many different things and is, in my opinion, one of the queerest shows that ABC has in its um, in its regular like scripted television programs. Amazing. I love it. Season five has started and I'm so excited. Final thing, How I Met Your Father season two is back. Hilary Duff, still a national fucking treasure. They are leaning into the world a little bit more. We Season one felt like it was almost trying to figure out a way to tell a story in a season just in case it didn't get past season one. Um, and it kind of felt a little light in certain areas. Now they've got season two. It feels like they are digging in a little bit more. We have a in the first episode a cameo from Neil Patrick Harris. So Barney will be involved um, in some storyline that involves uh, Sophie talking to her mom on the phone saying, I think I'm dating my dad. 
And I was like, oh my God, please don't tell me that they are going to go the route of Barney did not raise his daughter and she's dating Barney. I was like, please don't let that be the case. <laughs> and then she, she ends up rear ending him, him in this, like right after she says that. And it's a whole, and I was like, okay, thank God they did not do that. Anyway, she pegged him. She did peg him. <laughs> yes. With a car. um but overall it's starting off really really well um i've i should have an episode that i have to watch um that's waiting for me on hulu that i'll watch tonight but it seems to really kind of be enjoying itself a little bit more in this season so very happy that it's back for a season two and uh if you're watching let me know because i would love to find i would love to know that more people are out there enjoying the show. And if you're watching A Million Little Things, please tell me because um, I want more people to talk with about it. And I want people to reach out and let us know um, that our recommendations are reaching you and you're you're hearing us. So anyway, that will wrap it up for us for this month. Uh, a bit shorter of an episode, but uh, we're making it succinct and, and giving you all the good tea and getting out quickly. So from all of us, thank you. Make sure that you check us out, playmonshow.com, patreon.com forward slash playmonshow. And we will see you next time. Bye, bitches. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.